no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bears Centrals. On today's show, we'll recap Bears minicamp and break down the biggest roster questions heading into the draft. A-Dub Draft Week on the horizon, baby. Talk to him. Hey, man, this stuff I'm looking forward to, Prez. Got to see who we going to select, baby. Dude, it's a very big-time week in audience. Before we get into it, our brother A-Dub is going to be representing DBE at the Chicago Bears draft party. Yeah, man, I'm looking forward to that draft party, friends. Hey, you better you better go over there and holler at your boy Money Moon, man. Tell him that we've been expecting a big season out of him this year. Oh, absolutely, man. I got to tell him, friends, the bank better be open, man. <laughs> and then while you at it, make sure we get him on that show, on this show this season, too. You got oh, two jobs. Exactly. I'm going to take that with stride right there, man. Him and I got to have a conversation, bro. <laughs> love it man but hey i'm glad that you're going to be able to have that opportunity audience i'll be heading down there to vegas to cover the draft so the dbe boys we're going to be dividing and conquering but we got y'all yes sir we got y'all covered already right, done so we we have not spoken to the audience in a week so we know last week bears mini camp came and went but i want to get your thoughts on just some of the observations and things that you had from the mini camp because when i looked at it one of the things that I've been talking about this whole offseason, bro, is the offensive line and what's yes. going to happen with Borum and with Tevin Jenkins. So when I saw that they returned to practice this week, I saw Tuesday, or I heard on Tuesday, that Borum was lining up at left tackle, but Tevin Jenkins was on the right tackle spot. And what did I keep saying to you last season, A-Dub? I said, I think Tevin Jenkins might be a better fit over there right tackle. So it seems like they're kind of trying to tweak with things just to see what they have there on that offensive line. Prez, you are absolutely correct, man. You call this out anyway. You were like, you felt very strong about Tevin Jenkins being on that right side anyhow. You are like, I think he's better fit for the right side than the left anyway, than left tackle. But this might be the chance right here, Prez, for them to try him out, to see what he got, see what he can do. So I'm rooting for him, man. This might be the tandem here with seeing Jenkins at right and I'm uh, seeing, you know, your boy Borm at, uh, at, at left. So that might just work out fantastic. Now, also, another thing that we heard from the minicamp was the fact that since we got that vacancy at right guard when we lost James Daniels, guess who was lined up at right, at right guard, A-Dub? Sam Mustafer. So, yeah. I, I'm kind of happy for Sam Mustafer Perez to show his versatility, right? Give him a chance to show what he can continue to do. So that'll be good because we already know at the other position, it, it, other positions can be kind of tough for him. But yeah, playing that guard might be the best fit for him, Prince. We'll see. I, I don't know. I'm not as confident as you on that one. When I saw that, I kind of was like, all right, well, they're giving him <laughs> a shot to see what's going to happen here. But I also saw that Cody Whitehair and, and, and Lucas Patrick were there. 
at the left guard and the center position. But hey, you never know, man. And just because you and I, we weren't there, so I don't know how he looked right out there on the practice field. So we'll see what happens. But I wonder though what the Bears are going to do with that right guard position, man. They got to be looking at drafting somebody. I don't know. They something's got to be up. Brian Paul's asleep, bro. It gotta be Prez. They want to see what Sam must have forgot, right? They're like, well, we we'll at least give him a chance. Like you said, at least give him a chance, man, because he's been here for a while. And you know, and I think that's giving them the gratitude right there, right? To see what the guy can do before they probably make the decision from a draft standpoint, right, Prez? That could be the difference right there. Well, we don't have our starter here, then we have a depth piece, but we may need to pretty much, you know, draft somebody. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before. I mean, yep. they tried to sign Ryan Bates. The Buffalo Bills said, nope, not so fast. <laughs> so, you know, this is going to be a situation here where maybe Ryan Pohl signs someone here at the last minute. You know, we don't know. But the draft is here. So, you know, your guess is as good as mine, brother. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. You don't know what's up, Ryan Pohl, Steve, at this point, friends. But I know he's always thinking and trying to, you know, come up with a strategy, right? And he already knows yep. that that offensive line is very important to Justin Fields' success. It really is. And we also know that Nick Foles didn't show up to minicamp, which for me <laughs> wasn't really a surprise, bro, because we know he's probably not long for this roster, man. Man, he's on his way out the door, Fred. So don't need to show. They probably call him. Don't show up, bro. We don't need you. You all good, man. You can stay on home and relax. <laughs> <laughs> but, dude, he wasn't the only one that didn't show up. Eddie Jackson, I was surprised to hear that. Jalen Johnson, Robert Quinn. And then Muhammad that, that signed over here from the Colts, he didn't show up. And then Mario Edwards Jr. So what are some of your thoughts now hearing you know, some of those names with Robert Quinn and Jalen and Andy Jackson not showing up for minicamp? Robert Quinn, I get he's a vet, you know, and some of these vets kind of like take their time. Press. The dude had a phenomenal season, him per se. Yes, but the others, I'm like, um, maybe you all probably want to think about showing up. You know what I'm saying? I, I get Robert Quinn. He had a performance, man. I mean, he was on top of his game last season. So we giving him a break. <laughs> but the rest of you guys, come on now. I think you all could show up. I'm not saying this, it's not a mandatory camp. I get it. But why not come and show the young guys that you that support? Especially with a guy like Eddie Jackson. I mean, come on, man. He's coming off of a couple of disappointing seasons. I think he should have had his ass out there. Jalen Johnson, I've talked about him. The kid's a stud. I'm not sure what the situation is. Because to your point, it's voluntary. It's in the word. Right. Voluntary minicamp. So these guys don't have to go. But when you look at a guy like Roquan Smith, man, who's in everything, he shows up to everything, shows that leadership. And that's why when I look at the situation, when we talk about a Jalen Johnson and Eddie Jackson not being there, where is your leadership? Eddie Jackson was considered or is considered a leader on this team. Where are you at? Right, right. You probably be one of the first ones coming there, man. You already know our secondary was in trouble last season. (laughs) That's more the reason why you want to lead the charge and say, hey, guys, let's get this together. Yes, I I was kind of surprised by that. But listen, shout out to Roquan continuing to show that leadership. He's in line for a mega extension, and I hope he gets it. I know there was a lot of Bears fans last year, A-Dub, that was like, oh, the Bears, man, I don't want them giving Roquan no $20 million a year contract. I I do. I think he deserves it. The guy's shown to be a leader, and I'd rather see him do the have the – I would rather see him have those best years of his career here in Chicago rather than somewhere else, bro. Oh, absolutely, man, Perez. I'm with you 100%. I think of all the players that I've seen so far, thus far, I think he's one of the ones who definitely deserve that contract, you know, um, extension. I hope he get paid too, Perez. Because, I, I mean, he's showing. He's showing us all of what he's been doing. He got the numbers right. We also saw him show up a voluntary minicamp last season as well, right? He, he's back on 
on the same trail again, doing it again this season, am on the way without making a contract even an issue. So I got to say, get that guy the money, man. Let's move on. No, facts there. Now, some of the other news that we got out of the mini camps, A-Dub, and I want to kick it over to you. It came towards Justin Fields, and they were sitting, some of the beat reporters have said he had a pretty rocky day last week at some of the 707 drills. And they said that a lot of the frustration was on Fields' part. But they say he did connect with Mooney and Byron Pringle on a couple of nice plays. But I just wanted to get your thoughts on some of those early reports that said that he has been on struggles. You know, I'm not too much worried about that, Perez. I know you and I are not so much worried about it. I mean, th- this is a chemistry-building kind of a thing, right? He understands the ones he connect with, you already hit, right? He has chemistry with those guys. I mean, for sure, Money Moon, not Pringle. But it shows that, hey, it's going to be a little learning process with this, with learning the offense. And it's going to take a little time, man. This is um, voluntary. It's not going to happen overnight, Perez. It's good to get some work in early, which I'm glad those guys are. So I think we need to pump the brakes on making a big deal out of 707 drills, right? It's like, it's not that big of a deal. The guy, they're still learning together, getting the time and all that stuff. Yeah, and again, learning a new offense, right? And also, yep. he's preparing to be the fair starting quarterback. This is the first time in his career he's getting – that type of experience, he's getting those type of reps right now. But also, this is second offensive system that he's got to learn in his two years in the league. Right, growing pains for real, growing pains, bro. And I think we need to just, you know, take a step back. Let, let, let's relax. It's only a couple, you know, days, right, friends, with this here. Get a get a kid a chance, right? Give him a chance. It's too early to make any kinds of prediction of saying this guy is doing a horrible job with that very small sample size, friends, in practice at that. Right. And I think that it's important for people to understand that we're very early in the process. And I know Bears fans, you know, they're very quick to want to, and I don't even necessarily know if it's the the Bears fans or if it was the media, but a lot of people are quick to kind of hit that panic button when they kind of heard he had some of those struggles. And I'm like, look, relax. We're fine. This is late April. Right. <laughs> exactly, man. And this kid is already doing so many different things already, Press, including even working on his drop back. You know what I'm saying? It's like this kid putting together so many different things, man, to continue to show that he wants to improve in the game. And that one thing there in 707 drills, I'm not too much worried about that, man. We need to just, like you said, pump the brakes and relax a little bit. And one other point just to kind of think about, we talked about learning a new offensive system. But this team is probably going to look a lot different after the draft because you know Ryan Poles is going to add some different pieces to this offense and different playmakers for justice. So the guys that he's practicing with now in minicamp are probably not going to be some of the same guys that he's going to be working with after the draft. And that's a good point right there too, Chris. The guys they may not be working with and the guys he's currently working with right now are sort of new as well, right? You got Cole Commit. You have, uh, of course, Money Moon. That's just two right there, Perez. The rest of these these individuals are probably different for the most part, right, that he's working with and throwing to. So it's a lot of learning there, Perez. And then you think about the new recruits. It's going to be different. Yeah, I mean, like you said, outside of Mooney and Komet and Jesper Horstead, yeah. I mean, a, lot, a lot of these guys are, are newer options. So Byron Pringle, and I know he was in the news. Not going to get into all that audience. I know y'all probably like, oh, man, Perez and A-Dub haven't brought it up. We ain't. <laughs> I, we only worried about what's happening on the football field. That man got a Hellcat. If y'all had a Hellcat, y'all would be making donuts happen too. Don't don't try act like you do. <laughs> don't act brand new. <laughs> don't act brand new. But the only thing I would just say, man, is just uh, man, get your kid out the car when you're doing all that shit, Byron. Come on now, bro. That's it right there. <laughs> think about it, man. Just think about that part of you, right? The little safety there. So I get it, Chris. That's it. That's it. That's it. But 
One of the things, though, that came out of the mini camp when it came to Eberflus and his defense, though, now he may not be calling the plays on defense, but he said he's going to have a huge role in building that defense. And what is his philosophy, A-Dub? He wants the turnovers to be the biggest thing that happens with this defense this year. You and I have talked about how the fact that we got to get back to playing that style of defense like we did under Lovey Smith and to a degree under Pagano. That is the plan right there, Perez. Getting back to the defense, man. Playing hard. Being quick to the ball, Perez. Hey, that's how you create turnovers, man. Balling that ball. Getting to it first. And that's what he's preaching all the time. Get there. I want speed. I want hustle. Yeah, because that's an area with, with our Bears defense that struggled over the last couple of seasons. You and I keep talking about that. I'm like, hey, we got to get back to that because in the last three seasons, we've regressed. But then the last three seasons for the, the Coast defense under Eberflus, that defense has been fucking outstanding. They've been top 10 in takeaways each of those years. Absolutely. And that comes with the philosophy right there, Perez. That's the philosophy there. And I think he's bringing that same philosophy here in Chicago. Hustle, intensity, taking the ball away, Perez, and playing, you know, uh, pretty much situational ball, playing smart football. So that comes to the territory here. We can get that, our team to be disciplined that way, Perez. We can stop a lot of stuff, man, and probably create more turnovers. I mean, we talked about it last year a couple times, how at Hallis Hall last year they had that takeaway bucket, and I thought that was kind of cool, but then that shit went away real quick. So, <laughs> with with Everflus, this is not going to be some – you know, fly by night type of situation. He said they're going to be spending in the twenty minute drills. He said they're going to spend six or seven minutes of that time working on getting the ball out, and I think that's going to be really key. He's trying to make it second nature, Perez. That's what he's trying to do. Like, hey, I don't want you all to forget, right? But get a bucket from last year, right, Perez? He's like, hey, I want you all to have that as your second nature. When it comes down to this ball, get to it. Get to it. Practice how you're going to play, right? We're going to routinely, we're going to keep doing it over and over again and spend that much energy and time on it, Perez. It says that really, Eberflus is really serious about this, man. Very serious. Yeah, and I really like that because if Eberflus can bring that back to this, this defense, I think we're going to be in a good spot here in Chicago because what have we talked about in the past? The fact that he's reaching out to those older players, the, the former players. And I think right. that a guy like Charles Tudor, who's always going to come to mind with a guy that forced turnovers, I hope to see him at camp. I hope to see him at Hallis Hall because if they're going to be focusing on punching and hammering and getting the ball out, well, who did it better than anybody that's worn that Bears <laughs> uniform? Exactly, man. So Eberflus got the right mindset. And it's just a good change of, of scenery, right? We're doing that, Perez. We're sitting and reaching out to those guys that you and I talked about, the former players. Man, I think having that mindset of some of the great ones who did it very well at a high level, that's what you want to see, man. And having them pretty much share that knowledge and what they've done and what made them successful, that's always important. And like you said, man, why not use that mindset? Yeah. And we don't want no more gimmicks. But that takeaway bucket, that shit was cute. Just get the ball out. Just get the ball out. We, we want that defense. Hey, hey, we want that defense back to the lovey days and the Vic Fangio days. You know what I mean? Exactly, man. Let's get back to that, friends. I mean, I ain't lying to you, man. Defense, that's what's exciting, you know. Getting back to that, taking away, getting takeaways, you know, also scoring off, you know, turnovers. I mean, that's what we like, man. To see the defense score for us, see the defense get turnovers. That's what makes Chicago Bears exciting to watch. And that's what we've been accustomed to, Chris. If you think about our history, the one thing we've always enjoyed is when our defense is elite. 
And I think you talk about those takeaways have always been a big part of that. So getting back to that, man, that's going to be great for the fan base, you know, and uh, it'll be great just to see Chicago succeed in that area again. And it'll definitely help out Justin Fields, you know, as he's settling in his first year as a starting quarterback, undisputed quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, man. I think that'll be very important. Absolutely, Perez. That'll be definitely good. At least we had Justin Fields starting at a good position, good good field positioning, right? When you have great defense, a lot of times you start off in good field positioning. That can't do nothing but help Justin Fields continue to be successful with a short field. Yes, sir. Artists, before we get out of here, as I mentioned in the open, what we want to do now is address some of the biggest questions that we think that need to be answered as they head into the draft. And we're going to kind of hit this from both sides of the field, offense and defense. The first thing I wanted to get your thoughts on A-Dub, I've seen a lot of reporting around teams being interested in trading for Robert Quinn. So my question to you is, do you think the Bears are trade Robert Quinn? Oh, shoot. I would do it in a heartbeat. You know why, Perez? Because we've been, we, look, we get rid of Khalil Mack, right? <laughs> hey, look, I got nothing against, Rob, you know, Robert Quinn. I think he's phenomenal. And I think, you know, he has actually hit his peak by showing us what he got, you know, right now, last season, right? So he's at, his value is probably at his, at his high right now. So why not trade him and get a lot of access? If you can, get some access for him, which I believe you can for a guy like that. So trading him, Perez, probably for somebody in the draft, whatever, to actually continue to build this defense up. I think he'd go for it, Perez. Why not? We've been retooling already with the with the defense. Why not continue that route? So I agree with you. I think that based on what he did last year, coming off an 18-and-a-half sack season, his trade value is never going to be higher than it is right now. Right. However, I don't think it makes sense for them to trade him before the draft. I think where it makes more sense potentially is to trade him in October around that trade and deadline time. Because you're going to get some of these teams, te- you're going to get some of these teams, A-Dub, that may be competing for a playoff spot, and they might have a little cap space, and they may say, fuck it, we're going to take a shot on them, and then the Bears may be able to fleece them and get some draft capital. Because right yeah. now, when you look at this defense, Travis Gibson, Muhammad, they're going to be coming off the edge. I think the Bears have some depth there, so if they did decide to move on from Robert Quinn later in the season, I'm okay with it, because we need to retool and get these draft picks coming back in here. Good point. I just hope that at that time, right, we were to do that. Hopefully that there's no issues or concerns with Robert Quinn, right? Like, you know how it is, friends, with injuries coming out the door and stuff like that. You just never know. That's the one thing that scares me. As long as he's healthy, we all good. So I'm okay with waiting, friends. But the thing is, the only thing I ever, you know, me, I always concerned about is just health in general. No, fair point. Now, I talked about Roquan Smith earlier, and I talked about the fact that a big contract extension should be coming his way. Right. Do you think the Roquan's going to get that before this season is up? I think he will. I think he will get it. He, first of all, he's young enough. That's one. The good thing is at that point, and I think he actually deserves it. He's the one guy that you and I talked about on this defense that really, truly deserves it. I think he will get it, Perez. Um, I think the Bears at this point, where they probably don't have a choice, they say all the great signs of a leader in him. He's the guy who can really run that defense, right, and be the ham of it. I think he could be the one that definitely deserves that and should get it. So I think they're going to give it to him. So this is my whole thing with this. Obviously, we all know that he's in the, he's in the final year of his rookie contract. His fifth-year option was already picked up. Now, Ryan Poles has already gone on the record in saying that he has a desire to get a contract extension done before the start of the regular season. But again, there's no real timeline that's been in place here. So right. my whole thing is, hey, talk is cheap. Get it done. 
Yeah, you're smart man without saying that, friends. You're right. Talk is definitely cheap, man. We can't wait too, too long with this whole thing and let it sit. I think we better off getting it done in a very timely manner, man, so this stuff won't be going over you know, to the, to the season to where we still all have questions like, okay, what's going on with Roquan in this contract? Sir, staying on the defensive side of the ball, and this is something that we talked about on our most recent episode, who – which player is going to start opposite of Jalen Johnson? So we obviously know that the Bears added Tavon Young, who's going to start, he's going to serve as the Bears starting slot corner. So if you look at the current roster right now, Thomas Graham Jr. figures to have the first shot at, at the first shot at having that starting. Uh, Thomas Graham Jr. has the first shot at locking down that starting job outside of Jalen Johnson. But as I talked about in the last episode, He's got a limited sample size there from that rookie season because he was on the practice squad for a majority of the year. But he flashed a lot of potential. But I'm going to ask you, A-Dub, when you look at this position, do you see polls drafting a corner with one of those early picks in the draft? Or do you think Thomas Graham Jr. may be that guy that they roll out as a starter? I think they will still draft, Prez, because you can't have enough of these DBs. You don't know who's going to st- stand out. You don't know who's not going to stand out, right? Because I do like Graham. I- I'm really I'm a fan. You know that already. But the thing is, I don't know how far he has grown, right? Because he didn't get that much time last season. You and I talked about that, right? We were disappointed in it. So do you throw all your apples on him at this point, or do you draft? I think you put off drafting. So I- I'm thinking Poe's mindset is probably drafting another cornerback, Prez. That's what I'm thinking as Poles is thinking. So I think it's going to be some time left at that draft pick. So my thing is, I agree with you. I think a guy like Thomas Graham Jr. has shown flashes of potential, but I, I almost would rather him be, serve as some sort of a backup. And I hope that yeah. the Bears privatize early in that draft a wide receiver, who I keep saying, and a cornerback there in that second round, a playmaking corner at that. Yes, and that's what we need, a playmaking corner. I would hate to go into this season, this season like we did last season, right? Thinking we got a Duke Shelley who's going to step up and all this stuff, and it don't pan out. <laughs> so I don't want to hurt us that way, friends. Be surprised, you know what I'm saying, in a negative way. And Ryan Pace did that to himself. We all knew Duke. We all knew who Duke Shelley was. Uh, <laughs> he was lying to himself. He thought he was something that he wasn't. That's that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no lie there, friends. None at all, man. Okay, A-Dub, on that D-line. Now, I got to ask you. Losing Hakeem Hicks, Eddie Goldman, Bilal Nichols. That's tough. Now, yeah. you were really high on Justin Jones. I thought that was a nice pickup, getting him the servers at three technique. But now, with the way things stand, you got Tonga, who's going to probably be the starting nose tackle. Yes, playing sir. with Justin Jones. Now, you got deaf guys like Angelo Blackson, Mario Elvis Jr. But I want to ask you, do you see the Bears prioritizing the defensive line in this draft as well? Because when I look at that, we only have six draft picks with a lot of open needs. How do you think that they're going to prioritize defensive line in this draft? I think the defensive line, they're probably going to look at Definitely Perez getting getting somebody in the draft, but I think it's not the first choice, the first option, right? I think the, the positions we you and I were talking about already, like cornerback, probably more of a, a need than it is that line. And I think we're probably going to, of course, again, look at some some people in the draft who can definitely help, but I think that's not the top priority. I think we really want to see can these other guys we have on the team 
take it to the next step like Tonga, right? I mean, I thought he did well last season, Perez, but now getting a chance to really show and be the, the guy now, he the man now, yeah, I want to see what he can do, right? And I think right now we're trying to look at the fact that, hey, we got these young guys right now who think can play right now. So why not add to it, right, in some of the later rounds? So, yeah, when I look at this situation, just because we have so many other positions of needs, right? I, I would be surprised if they prioritize the defensive line. Because as I mentioned, even though we lost a lot of guys, I still like the fact that you have a Tonga who's an emerging player. You yes, got Justin is. Jones here. You got Mario Edwards Jr. You got Angelo Blackston. So at the, the way that I look at it is maybe they pick up an undrafted free agent maybe here in this position. So we'll see. But I, I don't think that there's a necessarily a, a priority. I don't think there should be a priority to go after D-line here. I think there's more positions here on this roster that they need to address. Yep. And I think you hit cornerback definitely for sure. Wide receiver, right? <laughs> so, yeah. Yep. Shit. Safety, which I want to talk to you about here in a second. Because yeah. who's, who's starting opposite of uh, Eddie Jackson? I already asked you who was starting opposite of Jalen. But I know we picked up Dane from the Titans early in the offseason. But I think that's going to be more of a depth piece, right? Right. We I lost think Deion Bush. Yeah, we lost Deion Bush. DeAndre Houston Carson's back. That's more of a depth piece, special teamer type guy. Yeah. So when you look at this, who's going to be Eddie Jackson's running mate? Is he on the roster Whew. right now? He might not be on the roster right now, friends. Now I come to think about it, if you think about the roster who we have, he might not be on here, man. So we might have to pick up the safety, friends. You know, and um, hey, you know, why not? You know, I think it'll be a good idea, be smart move, because we don't have a lot of depth at that, at that position there. Yeah, and, and, and that's one of those things that you, you just never know what they end up doing. And for me, just because we have so many other needs, I don't know. Maybe they may look at Dane or DeAndre Houston Carson to give those guys a shot to start for the row. So I'm not really sure what the thinking is, but if if it was on me, I definitely hope Ryan Poles prioritizes that safety position at some point in this draft. Yes, Perez, I'm with you there, man, because I still think we're not – there's not enough here, right, not enough talent at that position. You're right. I like DeAndre Houston Carson. You and I talked a lot about him last season, Fred, what he's been able to do in his limited playing time, but is that enough? <laughs> right? So you're like, hey, I need somebody probably for the long call, right? Uh, maybe multiple people, right? And I think we don't have enough of that going on. So we got to look at that position as a valuable piece to go with Eddie Jackson. No, that's a really fair point. Now, I got to ask you, we talked about this man earlier in the episode. Anybody that listens to this show knows A-Dub is a huge Darnell Money Moon fan. A-Dub, do you think that Darnell Mooney could be a true wide receiver one when you look at this roster right now heading into this season? Perez, I would say yes. Based upon what we see, how hard this kid works in the offseason, Perez, because he put the work in. You know, I would have been hesitant, you know, and say, okay, I don't know, Perez, maybe because I know he's a legit number two, I believe. But to get to that number one step, Perez, you got to put that work in, man. You got to go to the next level. And I think this kid really has put himself in position to try to get there. All this work he's been doing with Justin Fields, Perez, you know, and, and then you think about the scheme that we're playing in, he could be a number one in this particular scheme, you know. And I think Luke Gessie probably want to make sure this guy has a weapon in there as well. So I think the fact that we're working to, you know, pretty much break out all the things he do well, right, along with Justin Fuse, and I think that could possibly make him a number one in this particular offense, Perez. So I'm rooting for him. I think he can get there with a lot of hard work he's been putting in already, Perez. The sky's the limit, man. And that's what it's about right there. 
Yeah, you know, A-Dub, I've gone on this show many times and said that Darnell Mooney's not a true one uh, wide receiver one. Right. However, I look at this situation right now as is. And if you look at this roster, if he isn't, then who is? Right. <laughs> right, exactly. On and this so team. That, on this team. And that's why, for me, when you lose an A-Rod, that's why when I gave out my mock draft to the audience a couple episodes ago, I wanted them to prioritize a true future wide receiver one option to pair with Darnell Mooney. Because right now on this team, he is that. Right. Because no matter who they bring in here, whether it's a Byron Pringle, whoever they draft, initially this person is going to play second fiddle to a Darnell Mooney. And right. I agree with what you said as far as this kid's worth that thick. The fact that him and Justin Fields in their budding relationship, and I mean he he eclipsed a thousand yards last season in a in a season where that offense was trash. Yes, that's huge. Mm-hmm. Led the team in receptions, a dub yards, receiving touchdowns. So my whole thing is, does he have what it takes to take his game up to that next level? That's the biggest question I have for Mooney heading into this draft and also heading into this season. Press, I'm with you because I heard the guy in his press of what he spoke on Press and some of the things he, he's saying all the right things, Press too, right? This is what he says. He said, "I want to be able to play six quarters, Press. I want to be faster than anyone else. You know what I'm saying? And not mm-hmm. get tired. These mm-hmm. are things he's already saying. Like he got his mindset of saying, "Hey, look, I know what last season was, but maybe I got a little fatigue, but I want to take that to the next step." Because guess what? He was placed in a position where he didn't know he didn't know this was gonna happen, Press. Remember, he wasn't supposed to be our number one option, right? He wasn't, but he took on it, right? He took on it, and um, and he ran with it. So. Now it's like, hey, I got some training last season. Now I can pick up where I left off at, right, and try to take my game to the next level. Now I know what I need to work on, which I did in this offseason to prepare myself for this upcoming season. Yeah, but the one thing, too, when I think about a true wide receiver one in this NFL, I think about a guy like Cooper Cup yes, Devontae Adams, right? Yep. That's where Darnell Mooney needs to be ascending his game towards. Because right now when you look at his numbers, yeah, he's solid. But there's levels to this thing. Yes, and if sir. You get to those type of levels, then man, can you imagine this offense, bro? It's, you're right, Perez. He got to show us right that he's really a, a number one now. You know what I'm saying? Because I really thought watching the last season, you uh, you and I agree with this. We, he wasn't a number one. We we saw it no. right. But you're right. He got to get to that point, like you're saying, man. If he gets there, Perez, woo wee. The bank will be open, baby. You already know. You go ahead, Dub. The bank is open, baby. And I hope that we hear that a lot because we we did hear that enough last season, A-Dub. I have to admit that. I, I, I didn't get enough of that from you this uh, this most recent season. So hopefully that bank is open a little bit more. Yes, sir. I hope it's open a bit more. But one thing I will give you credit for, Perez, the bet we made right on Money Moon, right? Yes, you sir. were right. <laughs> oh, yeah, we, got paid, we, got, we, got, we got paid on that one, y'all. Yes, sir. We did. You were spot on. You were spot on about the yards he was going to give me. Like, hey, watch out now. Watch out. Money Moon going to break that. He definitely did. And audience, if you don't know what A-Dub was talking about, you should be listening to the winner's circle because we got paid this season. And on the winner's circle, I gave Darnell Mooney as the player pop bet to have over 660 receiving yards in 2021. My man murdered that bet. Me and A-Dub, well, we killed that bet, boy. Killed that oh, bet. Oh, yes, we did. You were spot on, Chris. But I'm telling you all, I know it's still early, but hey, better tune into the winner's circle when we start launching. Yep, season two of Winter Circle. Coming yes, soon. Sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right, A-Dub. 
Got to ask you this. So now we talked about the fact that Darnell Mooney, is he a true wide receiver one? Now it begs the question, does Justin Fields have enough weapons and support to succeed this season? I think at the tight end, because I think Cole Komet is definitely going to be a guy who I like, Perez, that hopefully will be utilized a lot more in this system. But on the wide out, I'm not so sure, Perez. I'm not so sure, man. I still think we need he needs some help out there. Yeah, I, I think so, too. I think when you look at things on paper right now, and we've talked about it plenty of times, bringing in Byron Pringle, cool. Bringing in Equinemius St. Brown, okay. Bringing in Ryan Griffin, James O'Shaughnessy, cool. We didn't talk about this earlier, but they brought in David Moore recently. Yeah, yep, yep. Now, these are all low-risk acquisitions that have some sort of upside to them. Yeah, but yeah. I think hey, the, the draft is really what we're going to see how they're going to support this kid and what type of weapons they're going to put around him. Exactly. That's going to be key right there, Perez. I think whoever they get in the draft could probably be better than a lot of these other guys we got on this team, man. Brown, Webster, whoever, Moore, whatever. You know, I, I think the only thing that I look at as well, Perez, I'm not sure how Daz Newsom going to be yet. I don't know. I think to me, he's still young and too early for him. So I really right. don't know even with him yet. So, but I think, Looking at this draft here that you and I talked about, it's a loaded class with wide receivers. And I think we got a chance to get a stud, right, that who can probably come in and do some damage. Maybe not this coming season, maybe the season afterwards, right? So I've, that's what I'm looking forward to. And, you know, another good thing to kind of think about here is even though Justin did have that up and down rookie season that we've all talked about, I think that the organization is banking on the fact that Getty's scheme and his strategy is going to really unlock Justin Fields' potential. So I think they're going to bet more on Getsy than trying to load up at all these different skill positions. So we'll see how that kind of all um, shapes up. But yep. uh, I don't know, man. I think right now, I think you got capable players on this team, you know, especially at that running back position. I Definitely. think, you know what I'm saying, when you got a guy like David Montgomery, who we're going to talk about here in a second, that's going to be my next burning question for, for this organization heading into the draft. But even though Ryan Poles, in my opinion – maybe didn't do enough for free agency to help out Justin Fields. Hey, guys, we don't know what the draft is going to be like. We don't know if he's going to acquire more draft picks, draft capital. So we'll right. see. But I, I, like I said, when I got a guy like David Montgomery in my backfield, hey, that's a guy that I'm betting on every day of the week. And with that being said, A-Dub, David Montgomery is in there in the contract here. Do you think Ooh, that David Montgomery will be back in Chicago next year? That's tough, Perez. And here's why it's tough. It's not because Dave Montgomery is bad or anything like that. It's because that one dude, Khalil Herbert. Ooh, talk that talk. He the one right there that can change the game right there, Perez. If he show any sign, Perez, of being able to take that number one spot, David may be on the bubble a little bit, Perez. Not saying because he's bad, it's because another guy is just that good or just as good as he is, right? And when you have that kind of switch going on, Perez, you go with the you tend to go with the younger guy, right? And let him go ahead and be the workhorse for you. And Khalil Herbert showing us when he was the you know this Perez, we talked about a lot. When he was the guy, number one option, Perez, at running back, he delivered. And I think that kid probably taking his game to the next level this coming season. So hey, it's gonna be tough, man. Tough call to make right there. It's a good problem to have, but I like what we have with Khalil Herbert too. Yeah, when you look at this running back, and that's why I was talking about the situation with Justin Fields and his support cast, because I'm like, okay, yeah, if we look at it with wide receiver, yeah, you could probably say that. However, yep. I'm looking at that running back situation, like you said. You got David Montgomery as your number one, and you got Khalil Herbert as your number two. 
you can't tell me that there's going to be a better one-two punch in the NFL next season. That right there is an embarrassment of riches, right? For real. But I, I want to piggyback on something that you said that I want to make sure that the audience understands. Because of the punishing running style in the NFL with these running backs, especially with the way David Montgomery runs. Right, physical, yep. Physical player. My God, you know what I'm saying? He won't go down easily. But you got to think about that. How much How much is his career going to last with that type of hard running style? Yeah. So it would have surprised me, audience, if the Bears let Montgomery hit for agency and they hand things over there to they hand things over to Khalil Herbert in 2022. It would not surprise me at all. It would not surprise neither one of us, Perez, because you just made a good point, man. And and I hate to go this route though, Perez, but based upon David Montgomery running style, it's possible that he could actually, you know, run his, run himself to the ground, right? Because that's his style of running, right? It's this was hard, man. And um you're right. People, those kind of runners tend to have a little bit of a shorter career. So you just never know what may happen, man. I mean, I love him for sure. But hey, I, I, you and I both like Lil Herbert too. Yeah, listen, you know me, man. David Montgomery, man. I, I just love everything about the kid. He's a leader, has style of play. He's so valuable to this team. And, he is. And Poles and, and Everflus, they've, they've gone on record and said nothing but good things about him. You never know if an extension is in the works, but I'm just saying it would have surprised me. Right. If for some reason, something did not happen. Agree. I would not be shocked or surprised either, Perez. Well, we, we kind of talked about it a little earlier with the offensive line. Now, that interior offensive line, it kind of worries me a little bit because I don't know what's going on at that guard position. I'm just, just being honest with you guys. <laughs> but then also, our tackles. So I talked about the fact of how we saw Borum and Tevin Jenkins kind of alternating a little bit there in the minicamp. So they're trying to figure out what they have here. Right. My question to you, A-Dub, is are Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins going to be our starting tackles when we open the season? Perez, to answer that question on my behalf is I really don't know. Because it all depends on how well, how quick both of them have developed, right, over time. You and I saw with Tevin Jenkins. We knew that, hey, he's he's a stud, right? He got heart. He got all the tools from that perspective. But we saw a little bit too many of those penalties, Perez. Is he truly ready? And that I don't know. Does he need some more time? Talk about more time for us. How many more games, right, for him to get there? Same with Borm. I saw a lot more from Borm because we saw Borm continue to get better over time, friends. We saw him move around a little bit too. But that's the difference right there. Borm may be, may be more ready than Jenkins. So I don't 100% know, Perez, if Jenkins is truly ready, Perez, because he did have a setback last season. He did, and, and I think Big Larry, he showed us a lot. He showed potential, yep. and I wish they would have played him more down the stretch, which is another indictment of that coaching <laughs> staff, that kid not getting more playing time. You know what I'm right. saying? Yep. But I would say this, man. It's kind of crazy how things can change because under the last regime, when Tevin Jenkins was drafted, when we traded up to get him, everybody universally loved that pick because we were all like, dude, this is the guy that we wanted in the first round. Right. This was without us not knowing that he was injured at the time and that he wasn't going to start on time with the team and he was going to miss some games. Right. So now you have that in an uneven rookie season that Tevin Jenkins had, but you also look at Larry Borough, who was a fifth-round draft pick, who surprised some people, right? He did. And, and he showed people, hey, you know, I could play. So right now, when you look at this situation, the Bears don't know what they have at this tackle position. And I wonder... Because Ryan Poles is a former offensive lineman, 
is he is he gonna look at this draft and say, I need to draft one of these young offensive linemen in this draft? Because this draft has a lot of offensive linemen talent. And we you and I saw a lot of that at the senior bowl. We saw a lot of it at, at the combine. And so it would not surprise me if Ryan Poles basically drafted some sort of offensive line, uh, uh, some sort of offensive lineman in this draft and had that person compete with Tevin and compete with Larry Moore. Exactly, Chris. We're trying to see who the best developer probably on the offensive line, you know what I'm saying, in the draft. Because you're right, you and I saw, you know, Borum also play right tackle, right? So it's like, hey, who's the better right tackle? Is it Tevin Jenkins or Borum, right? I don't know yet, Chris. I, I, I assume it's Borum right now, but again, we're trying to give Jenkins a chance, right? <laughs> so, but you're right, we could also draft somebody who can compete with those guys for us. So, he, he got some versatility on that offensive line that he can move around a little bit. So it depends on what we got, what the values are out there, and who's available, right, Perez? We got a good draft pick on that line that's available in their draft. Why not take that person, Perez? I think we're going to need it. But I just think that it's really cool to see that this new regime that came in here have put these guys in their logical spots. Because when you look at Borum, I thought he was a better fit at left tackle. And when mm-hmm. we looked at Tevin Jenkins, in college on film, he mauled people on the right side. And right. last season, when they made the decision to move him to left and cut Charles Leno, who you guys know, there was no love loss between me and Charles Leno. I called him a lot of names on this show. However, I was questioning that move at the time. Right. And so now you see that he's that Tevin Jenkins is being potentially moved back to his rightful spot. However, I have a feeling that I don't think these guys are going to be our starting uh, – I don't think these guys are going to be our starting tackles Come September, I, I, I just got a feeling that something's going to happen with this position. You might be right, Perez. That's why it's good to get a good showing of what they got now, right? <laughs> and I think that's what, you know, Ryan Poe is probably trying to do right now, just to get a good glimpse, okay, how far along are they are. So if they're not quite there, Perez, and not going to be the starters, right? They got the first crack at it, good for them. But like you said, they might not be the ones. But that good, that, if, that's the, if that's the thing there, Perez, that they're not the ones, then who's going to be that? You know what I'm saying? That's what they have to figure out. If they're not it, then who is? Are it going to be somebody in the draft or whatever else, right? So that's the thing that Ryan Poles has to figure out. And that's the beautiful part about this whole thing because it's still so early in the process. I mean, you got to think about it. Training camp is three months away. True. So a lot can change between now and then. <laughs> exactly, Perez. And I think you're right. A whole lot can change, man. It wouldn't shock me if Borm goes back to right, to right tackle. I mean, I'm just saying, anything can happen, Perez. So you just never then, know. Yeah, because he can go back to right tackle, and they can draft the left tackle. You don't know. You don't know. <laughs> anything can happen with that. Or do they really feel they know what? Maybe we need a, maybe we need a guard. I don't know, Perez. These are all the options that Ryan Poles have to measure out, man. Shit. Do they move Jenkins to guard? Right. <laughs> do we go there? <laughs> so this is the movement here, man, that you got to play around with. I credit versatility on these players' part. I, I support that. You got versatility, but where is it going to lie in that, right? Where are we going to have the consistency for them to play at? I'll tell you, A-Dub, man, the more and more we talk, the more questions I have, brother. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't playing with those questions, bro, at all. <laughs> man, I'm just, I'm just telling you, man, I can't wait to Thursday or Friday. I really can't wait. I'm going to be sitting there just, like, really anticipating what's going on kind of paying attention to what's going on down there in Vegas and seeing what the conversations are. I'm telling you, I'm going to be there on my phone, on Twitter. Man, I just don't know what to expect, but I'm telling you guys, audience, I got lots of questions now. I'm going to be over a nervous wreck. A-Dub going to be over there partying in Soldier Field. Ain't that bitch. (laughs) 
Yes, I am, friends. But I will be reaching out to you, letting you know, hey, we're going to talk about this, bro, soon. <laughs> Whatever pick it is, you know you and I, right? We got to chat, bro. We got to talk. It's going to be an emergency pod situation. Yes, sir. I got you. I appreciate got you. that there. Yes, sir. Well, audience, we appreciate you guys and your continued support of this show and making us a top-tier Chicago Bears podcast. We don't know what Ryan Poles has up his sleeve, but we're going to find out. A-Dub, you got anything on the way out? Man, I'm looking forward to Friday, baby. It's on the calendar. I know you are. I can't wait to hear some stories. I know they're going to be good ones. Yes, sir. We're going to get it in, bro. All right, brother, man. I'll holler at you, man. And audience, we are out. Peace.